This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello and welcome to the Backpacking Podcast with myself and my favorite redheaded hiking giant, Mr. Jeremiah Stringer. How are you, buddy? What's up, man? I'm doing fantastic. Just out here living the good life, surviving and advancing. What about you? I'm in day two of quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) So for people that are listening and don't know what I'm talking about, uh, this past week, uh, my family came into contact with another family that that we love and we're good friends with. And uh, the wife got really sick over the weekend and she came down with COVID. And so we had to get tested. I got tested yesterday and my wife and kids got tested this morning. So we'll find out in a couple of days uh, whether or not we can go back into public or if we're going to be at home for two weeks. I'm surprised that you don't have to have like multiple t- like negatives in a row. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we've never had it. I mean, well, I say that I've had it, but like my, my kids and my wife have been tested twice. And they didn't get it either time. And plus, it's been over 72 hours. Like, this was last Thursday when we were in contact. Yeah, so you probably don't have it. So, well, it takes sometimes it takes two weeks for the symptoms to show. Well, so, I want to I ask you about something. Ask me about something. And, and this has already happened. So, I want to talk to you. I've, I've been waiting, sitting on the edge of my seat, and I wanted us to record a podcast and for you to tell me about your trip to Alabama. This is before you were exposed to the vid. And and uh, funny story, one of the guys on that trip is the husband of the wife that got sick. So Oh, okay. I so, got yeah, you. So, so I was definitely around him for uh, six hours in a car on the way down there and back. So <laughs> um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So it's long story short, it was just uh it was just one of those unfortunate things. I mean, nobody knows, you know. He had just been tested a few days, a day or two before that, and was tested negative. So chances of me getting it are probably pretty slim. But we're still getting tested to find out. So I got you. Well, but either way, is- so uh, let me tell you about Alabama. Okay, take me through the whole thing. I want to hear how did it start? How's the uh, the drive down? What y'all do? Yeah, man, we uh, we met up with Brad Felton, who okay. is the uh, he's known as Crow as the Crow Flies Hiking on YouTube. Uh, Great guy. Uh, where he's down. He's obviously from Alabama. Uh, real big into the Chia Ha. I found it. It's not Chia. I thought I was calling it Chia, like Chia Pets, like on my video. Uh-huh. And he had to correct me, and it's Chia Ha. What is Chia Ha? Forest. Uh, it's an Indian word. You know what, Brad? You know, I should you say Native American. I, I think Indian is considered uh, insensitive now. Is that right? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't want to be insensitive. <laughs> I, I'm so terrible. I'm like the least politically correct human being on the planet. I struggle with that, so I got to fix that. When you remember, whenever um, we were backpacking in Red River Gorge, and Brad was there, yeah. Did you make those um, biscuits? He yes. Brought a, he. I haven't made them, and I need to. They're still in my cabinet. Jeremiah, and what? Those are the best biscuits. 
in the world. But here's the secret. I found this out. We went when I went down there. We ate at the restaurant those biscuits came from. What's it called? It's called Tim and Nick's or Jim and Nick's. Jim and Nick's. Jim and Nick's, and they make the best biscuits. Yeah, but they do them in muffin tins. Oh, I don't. Am I supposed to do that? You'll want to trust me, because we did them as biscuits <laughs> and they were really good. But when I had them as as muffins at the restaurant. Oh man, they're so good. I'll try them. They're like try cheddar, them. Uh, cheddar biscuits or yeah, something. Yeah, the cheddar like that. biscuits, and they are so good. They're really light. So you think they're good for you because they're light, but they're not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that you can convince me that cheddar biscuits are good for me. But they are good. I will admit that they are good. They're definitely not on the diet. I will say that. But uh, when you hike several miles, you can eat a biscuit every once in a while, which is so kind of nice. you ate there after the hike. No, we ate there the night before. Oh, okay. So you go down, and, and we left. We left like at, I mean, it was only six hours down there. We thought it was gonna be like nine, but that's mm-hmm. the southern part of the state. We weren't going that far, so uh, we ended up driving six hours. We left at like ten or eleven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. so we weren't rushed or anything. Went down Thursday night. We ended up uh, going out to eat with Brad and his family, which his family is awesome. Oh, I bet he's awesome. Like, so if they're anything dude, like him, their whole family's awesome. And we ended up staying at their house. They hooked us up with a room at the house. Uh, oh, didn't have to pay for a hotel, man. Didn't have to pay for a hotel. Didn't have to pay for. He bought our. He bought our meal. Wow, what a nice guy. So, but I did. Now, now I will say I did hook him up though. Oh, what did you bring him? Yeah, if if you're from Kentucky or the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area, you're gonna understand how good of a human being I am. I brought him a six pack of ale eights. Yeah. Oh, so I brought him a bag of Mingy Brothers beef jerky. Uh, I brought yes. him a can of Skyline chili wow, and a bag of, and a bag of Grippo's barbecue potato chips. So he was very happy with me when I got there. <laughs> the L eight, don't they call that like uh, Kentucky swamp water? Kentucky swamp water. Yeah, he he called it ginger ale. Like he's the only person I've ever met that calls it ginger ale. But I was like, you know what? He loves it. Like he was so excited. He goes, "Is it?" Like he was like shaking physically, like going, "Is is that that ginger ale?" And he got so excited, and so I was. It made me happy, dude. I was so happy because this dude's hooking us up with a place to stay, and you know, then he bought us dinner, which we were not expecting that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's it was really really cool. You know, the L8, for those that don't know, it comes in like a glass bottle typically. And you actually have to use a bottle opener to pop that top. And then you, if you get it around the surrounding area, which is around Winchester, Kentucky, is where it's bottled, right? Yeah. So you can take those bottles back and recycle those. I don't know if you get any money back, but a lot of the restaurants will take them back. Yeah, you used to get money back for them because they were deposit bottles. Yeah, you may oh. get a nickel or something, but it's yeah, very but if you rare. Get the smaller, if you get the smaller glass bottles, they just twist off. So yeah, in Kentucky, I find it's rare to get money back on like recyclables. Yeah, but it seems Kentucky. like all, all my friends I know we must not put a big priority on recycling. But my friends in other states, like they, like they save their cans. Like I was up in Michigan, and they're like, "No, don't crush those cans. Those are like so much a pound." You know, for aluminum, we could take those back or the bottles or whatever. But when in when I was in college, we actually had to pay to recycle. Like it was an extra four dollars a month. I was like, "What the heck, man?" Yeah, try to help the environment and pay for it. Yeah, that's okay. So that's sorry, I, 
I didn't mean to interject so much. So, so, so we get down there, we spend the night and, uh, get up the next day and his wife has made a breakfast casserole. Mm-hmm. And for people who are probably out West or in other places where you don't eat things like casseroles, uh, in the South, a breakfast casserole is basically the bottom of it is, is just one giant biscuit, and on top of it is eggs, sausage, and cheese. And it's about the closest thing to heavenly breakfast food as you will ever find um, outside of just bacon itself. It's, like, just awesome. And so she had this breakfast casserole, and coffee was already brewed by the time we woke up. Um we uh we lived it up, man. Then we headed out to the trail, and uh, when we on the way out there, he told us his friend Bill was meeting up with us, and he called him Pyro Bill. And I'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> um, so he had his buddy Pyro Bill was going to meet us out there, and so yeah. we met. We got to the trail, and uh, we hiked like four or five miles. It was not a, a long hike the first day, but it was intentional. We were just going to get. We wanted to get to this campsite, but here's the thing. He takes us there, and the first thing he does is we park up at this other parking lot. And when we get to the parking lot, we walk up to where the highest point in Alabama is. What's it called? I don't remember. I I did video, so I would remember (laughs) this stuff. Like I I haven't edited the video yet. Um, All I remember is uh, it was the highest point in Alabama, and it was in this like kind of touristy area. Yeah, I think we had to pay five bucks to get into it and all that kind of stuff to to check it out. But uh, we went in there, checked that out. Um, hike this boardwalk out to this really cool overview, um, which I got a cool picture of it. Really cool picture of it. Uh, went out to the overview, hung out there for a little bit, then walked back up the boardwalk, got in the vehicle, and we headed down to the actual trail. Dude. And then we got on the trail and hiked out about four miles to our, our where we were staying for the night. But along the way, we're hiking along a mountain ridge. Okay. So like every 500 feet was a view. Like awesome. it was just, it was incredible. I mean, every, every 500 feet, it's like you, you would stop and you would look out and you're on top of this mountain, just looking at, it's like you're on top of the world. You know, you could see for miles and miles and miles and, uh, which was really cool. And then we got on the Pinhoti trail. Yeah. That runs out. Well, actually, I don't know where it runs. It's east to west, isn't it? No, it's, uh, it's south to north. It actually connects up with the bottom of the AT. Okay. Um, Benton Mackay is the guy who created the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, one and, of them. Yeah, but Benton Mackay always wanted the trail to go down to Alabama and start at Chia Mountain. Like, that was always his hope, is that it wouldn't start up at Springer Mountain, but it would start at Chia Mountain. Chia Ha, sorry. I said it wrong. I said I called Chia Pet Mountain. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's, it was supposed to start at Chia Ha Mountain and then go north. And so... Um, that never ended up happening, obviously, because Springer Mountain became the traditional starting point and all that. Mm-hmm. And so the Pinhoti Trail then starts down at Chiaha Mountain and goes all the way up to Georgia. So I wonder, uh, wonder how far that is total. 300 and some odd miles. I don't know the exact number, but I did take a video of the – there was a sign there that shows where if you were to start at that point and keep going – um, how you would hike all the way to Katahdin. It showed the trail leading from the beginning of the Pinhoti all the way to the end of the AT. That is so cool. It has a really cool plaque, and it was right next to another one of those amazing overviews. So we hike from there, we go up, and then I see like this blue and white. I thought it was like a big piece of plastic laying in the 
in the woods. And I was like, oh, come on, man. I hate trash. You know how I am about trash in the yeah. woods. And so I, I see this. I think it's a big piece of trash in the woods. He goes, well, hang on. We walk up there, and it was the remains of a plane crash that happened years ago. It was like a piece of a wing. And then we kept hiking up, and there's the fuselage right there in the woods. It was like somebody with a, like a Cessna or something crashed on top of this mountain. Wow. And you, you kind of had to leave it there. I don't even know how you would take that out. Yeah, there was no packing that out. Like, there's just no way to pack it out. And I think it's become kind of part of the story of the mountain and everything, so they've kind of left it there. Um, I think that crash happened in the 80s, I think is what he told me. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so that we saw the plane remains. And then as we're hiking from there, all of a sudden coming up behind us comes uh, Pyro Bill. And he hikes up behind us and because uh, we'd been stopping a lot looking at views and these guys, they hike it all the time. So it's not like Bill was stopping for every single view. You yeah. know, he just wasn't doing that. So um, so Pyro Bill met up with us and we hiked on up to our campsite. I think we got to our campsite at like three o'clock in the afternoon. And so we went off and found uh, found firewood and all this kind of stuff. I hung my hammock up. And I averted disaster, but I could have had disaster. What's your disaster? Did Pyro Bill try to set your hammock on fire? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's what he I was, was in thinking. a hammock too. He was in a hammock too. But uh, no, the the tree that I, the trees up there mm-hmm. um, have really slick bark, and so I hung my hammock up, and it kept sliding down the tree. And so I it finally I finally got it to where it was secure and it wouldn't slide. Um, and it was just, it was just the kind of bark that was on it. It just, it kind of flakes off the tree. Yeah. I never heard of that before. And so, um, yeah, so I got my hammock set up finally and I, it it didn't slip during the night. So I felt good about that, but we got everything set up, got the fire up and they call him pyro bill because this is literally what he does. The moment all the fire was collected, pyro bill is making the fire and pyro bill is maintaining that fire. Like we didn't have to touch the fire the entire time we were there because Pyro Bill was on it. He must love anything fire. He does. And he's a good singer. Did y'all take an instrument? No, but Pyro Bill just sings. And he's really good. Like he can like, like really good. Like, yeah, like really good singer. So, and I did music for like 12 years. And I'm telling you, this dude could actually sing. So uh, anyway, so so we go to bed that night. We all eat our meals, hang out, talk. We went down. There was a really cool like overview of McDill's Point, I think is what it's called. And uh, we went and hung out over McDill's Point for sunset. And uh, the next morning we got up, uh, went out to McDill's Point again, checked everything out, came back. I think I got video of, of Josh who got a trail name this weekend. Really? Yeah, he's a former Marine, and his trail name is now the Sarge. Oh, I like it. So he was a sergeant in the military, in the in the Marines, and so uh, he's now the Sarge. So I got karate. I got, I got the Sarge doing some karate out on McDill's Point. <laughs> Does he even know karate? No, that's what made it great. <laughs> and so <laughs> we got back to our campsite loaded everything up and started our hike. And what we were doing that day is we were hiking all along the mountain ridges and checking out all the views, which man, I sent you some of the pictures. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. 
unbelievable pictures. And then we hiked down. Basically, the entire hike was down. And so we hiked down to these waterfalls. And these waterfalls were amazing. And uh, the other thing is we didn't have any water from the time we left to get on the trail till we got to the waterfalls. How far? Uh, it was about four miles to the waterfalls the next day. Wow. So you, you're saying you went to bed and slept dry and didn't get any water till the next day. Yeah, basically, um, I think I brought like two liters on the trail. So I had a liter for the first day, and then I had a liter on the way down with my breakfast. And what I did for my food was I, I just did complete cookies for breakfast because I didn't feel like cooking anything, you know? Yeah. So I would do like a cup of coffee and a cookie for yeah. breakfast. I guess that you really didn't have any choice though, right? Like, yeah, there the, was just no water. There's no water up there on top of the mountain. Man, I would have had to pack more water. Like, I think it's kind of a fear of mine sleeping dry, especially if I don't have like four liters of water with me. Yeah. But I get headaches if I'm not drinking enough water. Like, somebody commented the other day and they're like, What? You drinking that much water? What are you like? you backpacking 15 miles in the Sahara or something. <laughs> I'm like, I just like, uh, stay really hydrated. Well, I, one of the things I always do personally, and, and this is just me, but if I'm ever doing a hike like that, where I know I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be eating a lot on the trail. Um, what I'll try and do is I'll drink as much water before I get on the trail as I can. Yeah. Do that a little prehydrate. Yeah, I think it's wise to do that because um, if you do that, uh, you're not going to need as much when you're hiking. And so I knew we, there wasn't going to be a lot of water, so I didn't want to set myself up for failure. So we we got a lot to drink um, during like lunch and everything leading up to getting on the trail because it was about an hour or so drive from Brad's house to the trailhead. I got you. And so – the next day we go down to the waterfall and then there's a campsite up at the top of the hill or not even up the top of the hill, just up from that there that we were supposed to camp at originally and then hike out the last eight miles um, the last day. And so I talked to Brad and I said, well, what if we hike like four extra miles, get up to the top of the mountain, and then we just have to hike out four miles the next day? What do you say? He was all about it. Like we were all about that. Cause we were all like, nobody wants to hike. It was literally like the hike was literally like, it was a 19% grade. So it was a pretty steep grade to hike. And, uh, so we decided, yeah, we're going to hike the extra miles so that we can, uh, get up. We ended up camping. We found this, um, like literally this is what happens. There was a hurricane that went through Alabama and, the Gulf coast and all that stuff a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, something like that. Uh, and it tore the woods up. Like entire campsites were destroyed because they're just full size trees all over the place, just down. So it made hiking really slow because we constantly had to bushwhack around trees or climb over trees or, you know, do all that reroute, that kind of thing. Um, and so our, our hiking went really slow that day and we we're all exhausted. And by the time, uh, I would say about four thirty, five o'clock hit. We're walking along the trail, and we were just like, the next site we see, we're taking. And we come up on a site, and, it, and Pyro Bill literally said, I think somebody left us trail magic. 
because we get to this site and there's two perfect spots for hammocks. There's two perfect spots for tents. And there was firewood waiting at the fire pit. Wow. I we didn't have it, to go look it. for firewood. We didn't have, I mean, it was so easy to set up our stuff. I mean, it was the perfect ending to the day. And so we set up our fire. Of course, Bill sets up the fire because Pyro Bill. And uh, we all hung out at the fire. And literally, man, we were like a bunch of old men. Like we got there and we were exhausted. Everybody was. And so we were like, you know what? I'm going to bed. And it was like 6 37 o'clock. <laughs> it's probably pitch black out there. Uh, it was pitch black. Yeah. I mean, it was it was dark. Plus, we knew that rain was coming the next day. Oh, so you're trying to get up early just to beat the rain, too. Yeah, man. We were trying to get up really early because we just didn't want to hike in the rain. Because we've been dry the entire time. And it was like, why not end dry, you know? You don't need to get wet. Don't get wet. You know what I mean? So uh, the next morning, I think I woke up at like 4. So I just woke up because we went to bed so early anyways. Yeah. I think I actually went to sleep around 8. Did you lay there with a hang time hook? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is the best, man. Yeah, I got to watch to John do. Wick this weekend. That's a fun movie, man. I, I never watched it. John Wick. How old is it? A few years. It's got to be pretty old because I think I've seen it, and I literally cannot remember anything that happens in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's just one of those shoot people movies, you know? Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So I watched that one night, and I think I watched Avengers Endgame. In the, the same night. night? No, in two different nights. Oh, I started to say Avengers Endgame. That's a pretty long movie. Well, I didn't watch all of it. I fell oh, asleep. Okay. So, yeah, I when I woke you. up, my phone had already turned off because the movie had been off that long. So, um, but yeah, I woke up at 4 o'clock, and I put on my red light on my headlamp, and I just went ahead and started tearing my stuff down. And uh, I think 10 minutes after I got started, I look over, and Josh has got his headlamp on in his tent. You can tell he's moving around. I look over. Brad's doing the same thing. And maybe 20 minutes later, Pyro builds up and he sees all of us working. He goes, I guess we're tearing down. And so he <laughs> tore his stuff down. And we were on the trail by like, I want to say 530 or 6. Yeah. And uh, we just hightailed it out of there. And literally, like I looked at the, at the, uh, the radar and it said that rain would be there at 9 o'clock. And so I told the guys, I said, man, if we can get out of here before 9, we should be dry. So we get out of there. I think we got out at like 8.30. We got off the trail. Wow. 9.06. We're driving at 9.06, and the rain starts. You guys timed it up perfectly. Yeah, it worked out really well. Ended up being a great trip. I mean, saw some beautiful views, man. Alabama is just really interesting. I mean, there are sections where it looks like Pennsylvania on the AT, where you're just walking over rocks. I mean, huge rocks the whole time. Then they've got these mountain laurels, I think is what Brad called them. And you walk through and it almost feels tropical, like you're in some tropical area. And then, of course, you got the mountaintops. We had waterfalls. Uh, we had pine forests that we walked through. Um, it was everything. I mean, there wasn't anything we didn't hike through on that, which was pretty cool. What is the elevation like on the highest point versus what you all were doing? Uh, it wasn't super high. It was probably like 2,000 or 2,500 feet. That's how tall the highest point is in Alabama. They're not that tall, man. Like that, he was kind of joking about that. But the thing is, it goes it goes all the way down. You know what I mean? Like it goes down to like oh yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it gets low, and then you go all the way up. But uh, 
it wasn't and it wasn't even the fact that you were high it was just the um it was a lot steeper than i thought it was going to be i got you in, in a couple of the spots even even josh who was hiking in front of me we were in grayson highlands uh back in september and we did 3000 feet of elevation that one day and it was the whole time that's all we hiked was just straight up the side of a of a mountain up to the top of grayson highlands and this was harder like he was exhausted at the end yeah, that kills me. I would actually rather go uphill than downhill because the downhill, especially when it's steep like that, kind of hurts my knees. Yeah. But the uphill is just straight up physically harder on me. Yeah. It's exhausting. I mean, it was just, we're just exhausted. I mean, it was, it, but it was one of those things where we saw so many views and we got to see these amazing waterfalls. And so it was 100% worth it. Yeah. I've never been hiking in Alabama. I mean, it sounds like it's worth it, you know, yeah. listening to you talk. I've only just like traveled, like we'll go through there. Um, sometimes if we're going south, you know, take the interstate through there. We took a road trip. Um, I guess it's sometime earlier this year, maybe. And we stayed in Birmingham, but literally just like stay in a hotel, like not checking anything out or anything like that. Yeah. Well, we went east of Birmingham to get to the, the trailhead. So we were like an hour or so east because like Birmingham in that area is pretty flat. You know, that's like a Tornado Alley. Is Alabama's part of Tornado Alley. And so you don't expect to see tornadoes. Uh, where, where tornadoes are would be mountains. You, didn't th- you wouldn't think that'd be in the same place. How but, far? Uh, they're how there. Far, how far north do you think that tornadoes go? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I just well, know that um, high winds. We saw one tree. There that had to be a tornado that hit it because the tree was twisted like literally twisted. Like if you're trying to, you know, when you try to take a branch mm. off of a, off of a, a tree or something and it's green mm. and you keep having to twist it and twist it and twist it to get it to come off. Mm-hmm. It looked like that's what happened to this tree. It the was whole twisted tree? like the whole tree. And I'm talking a tree that's like two and a half, three feet around. Wow. Twisted we, in a circle. So we, we were up um, in Michigan recently and on the way back, it was there's a wind, a high wind advisory, and we we're just driving home from like a weekend trip. Sixty five mile an hour winds, semi trucks turned over. Oh my god! Multiple crashes, and like it was there's a couple of times that we had to get off the interstate just because um, the wind had caused an accident and it's blocking the road, and so they're doing lane closure at we. Did I tell you about this semi-truck that was turned over? No. No, that's the first I'm hearing about any of this stuff. So we're driving, and um, I like to just set the cruise, right? And then we, if we're driving, you know, I have a rule, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Those of you listening, Jeremiah just smiled real big and just said, I have a rule. (laughs) I have a rule. Unless I'm, like, passing someone, I, I don't like to go... In a 70-mile-per-hour zone, I don't like to go more than, like, 8 miles per hour over the speed limit. Yeah. And I have never got pulled over for speeding in my entire life. And I just set the cruise, and I say, this is my rule, and I don't worry about how long it's going to take to get there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're driving in the left lane, and then I see up ahead, there's, like, flashing lights and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get over. I get over in the farthest lane. Dude, this semi-truck... 
a full-size semi pulling a trailer is straight up flipped on its side just over the white line of the far left lane, three-lane interstate. Oh, wow. 75, I-75. Yeah, and, you know, we, so many accidents, man. Anyway, I was thinking about, the reason why I asked you about the tornadoes is on the way back from that trip, I was like, I wonder how far north these tornadoes go. And it's super flat up there. Like, you're driving from Michigan, you're going through the whole state of Ohio back to Kentucky. Yeah. And it's just farmland. And I was just thinking, I bet that one of the reasons why it's so windy is there's there's literally nothing out here to break the wind. Like, well, in Wisconsin, I used to live in Wisconsin, and when I lived up there, it was it was a, a tornado alley. Um, tornadoes go through there all the time because, like you said, it's so flat. So yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty typical. Like coming from Minnesota straight across through Wisconsin. So yeah. I would say scary. I would be surprised at all if they did. I mean, when I lived in Ohio as a kid, we lived in northern Ohio. And we had a tornado come through our town and destroy tons of houses and uh, wilderness areas and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was it was bad. I remember one of my friends, uh, she lived in a trailer, and her trailer got wrapped around a telephone pole. Wow. Did she so, yeah, I mean, they, they come through there. That's for sure. Did she make it out? Well, they weren't in it. Luckily, they oh. were at a softball game. Wow. Like, imagine that. You go to a softball game, and then, of course, everybody's hiding during the softball game. And then when you go home after the game – you don't see your trailer sitting where it was and you find out it's about a half a mile down the road wrapped around a telephone pole. That has to be one. That's like right up there with a house fire. Like that has to be yeah. one of the worst feelings. At least with a house fire, you can, uh, you, you see your house when you get home. <laughs> well, what's left of it. Yeah. Could you imagine like you're having to drive up the road to find your house? Yeah. A trailer half mile away wrapped around a pole. Oh, there was also like, I bet there was 10 or 15 telephone or um, not telephone, but power lines that were just snapped. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Two lane highway. And then to our left just snapped. And then they all, I assume just went and, you know, just kept snapping. Well, have you ever been backpacking in high wind? Oh, it is awful, man. It's the scariest thing ever. And you're like tree branches falling down. I think it's way more dangerous than rain or ice or anything else. I think wind is the absolute absolute most dangerous thing you can be in when you're hiking. Like I said, I mean, it destroyed a lot of the campsites and stuff that might we don't even know if there were campsites there, but if they but they look like it because it was big flat areas, but there were just trees like if you can imagine an area of like 30 or 40 trees and they're all down. There's not a single tree standing. They're all knocked down. And like the hammock nor the tent is safe. No branches coming down. No, and it, especially if it's a whole tree. Yeah, I mean it was it was it made it made hiking really difficult. But I can't imagine if somebody would have been up there when all that was going on. I can't imagine anybody would be dumb enough to be up there when that's going on for one thing. <laughs> but I mean, gosh, could you imagine how scared you'd be? You remember Rue? Whenever we had him on, he was talking about um, the, getting knocked out by that tree branch and waking up in his hammock. And like it's been sixteen hours, and he's just wrapped up, and it's wrapped around his face, and yeah. it was the wind blowing the branch out of the tree and knocking him in the head, unconscious. Or yeah, well, he's already unconscious. You know, he's asleep, but yeah, keeping him unconscious for hours. That's just scary, man. I'm glad he survived that because I like Rue. He's a good guy. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny because I mean, Josh and I went down to uh, the Smokies mm. back in. August maybe I can't remember it was August or October I can't remember which month we went down there but we went down to the Smokies 
and we were setting up camp and we watched a tree behind us in the woods just fall massive like 40 50 foot tree super loud oh it was terrifying man because you heard you could hear a crack and then you hear all these leaves moving and you turn around this massive tree falls it was like 20 feet behind us yeah my very very first backpacking trip with bridget we went to red river gorge in kentucky and on like night two it was on a holiday weekend so we were out there for like three nights i think and I think it was not too, we were camped, and then it's Bridget's second time sleeping in that tent, first time like sleeping on a pad, we had just been car camping before, and just in the middle of the night, just hear a giant snap. I actually wrote about it, I used to have a blog, and <laughs> people could try to go find it, but I wrote about it, left this big cliffhanger on there woke us up you just heard snap snap but it's like a quarter of a tree you know how there's a big branch sticking out that's like you know a foot wide yeah even that falling on the ground was massively loud that's terrifying and it's fallen we looked around and could not like couldn't find it anywhere around our campsite but it sounded just like it had fallen right outside of the tent Oh man, that's crazy. I know it's wild. Anyway, that's crazy. But yeah, dude. It, so I, I would say, like, I think lesson learned uh, from this last trip is that I have lost thirty five pounds. Oh, congratulations, man! But I need to lose about eighty more. <laughs> it's pretty hard because because that extra weight carrying up the side of a mountain is not fun. I mean, it just it it slows you down, and so. Uh, Got a key. It just it just encouraged me to keep losing the weight because I don't want to be so tired at the end of the day hiking up and down those mountains. That's a fantastic way to look at it, man. So I love it was that perspective. It was a lot of fun, though, man. I, I would dare say if you're listening right now and you're, I mean, this is just basically story time today. But <laughs> if, yeah. if you're listening, go check out Alabama. The Pinhoti Trail is a really cool trail, and That's it's got a-, a lot of history to it, um, and it has one of the coolest uh, trail insignias. Like it's a turkey foot. Have you seen the Have you seen the uh, trail insignia for it? Uh, I may have the seen trail it on logo? other people's videos, but I I've never like looked it up. It's it's a it's a turkey claw, like like a talon basically is what it looks like. Uh, it's really cool. The actual word Pinhoti is Native American for turkey, so it's hey. the turkey trail, kind of like the Sheltoe Trace is the turtle trail. Yeah, uh, the Pinhoti is the turkey trail, and so. Uh. It was just, I mean, it, there's a lot of history behind it, um, and it's good to hike with somebody like, uh, like Brad because he knows the history, and uh, he was telling us stories along the way about the trail and, and the significance of different areas, and it was just, it was just an awesome weekend, man. He's one of those guys that I'm, I'm definitely gonna. I talked to him and I said, we're just gonna make this a November thing. I think we're gonna come back again next November and do it again. Just take us somewhere else, and we'll hike somewhere else. It's always good to have a local, you know, there with you yeah. because <laughs> they could tell you all about all the the great stuff, the history, show you some of the secret spots. Can you oh, tell yeah. can you tell people where you started and stopped at? Do you know the name of the trailheads? Um, oh man, see here's the problem. We just went along like Brad didn't give us any uh 
anything ahead of time. He gave me a PDF. Let me see if I can pull up the PDF and if that will help. Okay, because the reason why I was asking is if people are listening and like they've, you know, they can look at your Instagram and stuff like that and check out pictures and watch your video. But if they wanted to hike it, maybe in your YouTube video or we could mention it on here, you know, if you find it and then they could re-hike because if it's anything like um, what I did whenever we were in Limbo Gorge and there was views like left and right. Oh, then yeah. And I'm sure people would want to check that out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, it was it was just one of those really cool trails that, like, I don't know. I think I think it was Cave Creek Trail. Maybe that's what it was called, the Cave Creek Trail. I'm gonna have to go back and look because I'm not seeing his his text on here. So, but I think no, I take it back. Here it is. Let me pull it up. Okay. This is this is super professional what I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's um, all good, man. This is a resource for people. So let me see if it'll let me stretch it out so I can get a better look here. Okay. So I believe, yeah, we did. Okay, so we hiked on uh, the Penhody Trail and the Cave Creek Trail and the Nubbin Creek Trail. Those are the trails that we did. So can you, can you um, say it again. We hiked on uh, the Penhody, the Cave Creek Trail, and the Nubbin Creek Trail. And the Nubbin Creek Trail connects up with the Odom Scout Trail. And uh, it was down in there where uh, we saw the waterfalls that were so cool. See if I can bring this PDF up and and get a good view so I can kind of see if I can get the name of those waterfalls that we saw. Yeah, those Uh, waterfalls were gorgeous. I know... um... Like people start on the AT at Springer and then you have the approach trail and I think it's the approach trail. I could be wrong about this, but there's just waterfalls everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful hike. Um, it's not a ton of miles, which is the cool thing. I mean, it's just, it's just not a ton of miles, but it's just some beautiful sights. I mean, you're, you're literally looking out every few like hundred feet or so. And you're looking out and you can, it's like you're on top of the world. You can just see for miles and miles and miles. So anybody wants to go enjoy a hike that's not really terribly difficult. I mean, it's, it'll make you tired because when you're hiking uphill a lot coming back from the waterfalls, but the waterfalls are just gorgeous. And uh, it was just awesome. It was just absolutely awesome. I loved hearing about it, man. Thanks for sharing. And uh, I got to try a new water system too. What was it? Water filter system. Uh, I used a, uh, a hydro pack bag, like a three liter hydro pack bag, uh-huh. and a uh, the bee free filter. Oh, how'd so, that work? It worked out awesome. It was like a faucet. <laughs> I enjoy so, it, man. <laughs> uh, I know, I know your story about that, and so, uh, but I talked to to Devin Ashby, who's used it before, and he said the big thing is just do some pre maintenance before you go on the trail. Yeah, it's probably good for that. I still have mine. You know, I haven't thrown it in the trash, but if I want to go out tomorrow, I don't want to have to suck that thing overnight. Or yeah. if you text me and you're like, hey, man, let's go tonight, and then I don't have it, then I'd be forced to take something else. Yeah. Now, it's it worked really well, and I love the Hydro Pack bag. And it's a three-liter bag, but it only weighs like three ounces. 
you just filter through that you don't um you don't use it as like a inline bladder or anything like that right no i just use it as a as a dirty water bag but it's made in such a way so it's almost like a bottle yeah and it's also got some different points along it where you can like hang it on your the back of your backpack or strap it to something which is really cool so I think it was cool because I had two one liter bottles and I would, I would filter both the one, one liter bottles and then I would drink the last liter straight out of the bag. Yeah. Through the filter. Yeah. Through the filter. Yeah, through the filter. <laughs> That's important. That's important. So, but that was kind of good. It was the first, it, this is the first time in two years I haven't done the Sawyer squeeze in a Canuck bag. Yeah. I really love that Sawyer squeeze It the be free bro. If that thing would stay as a faucet, I'm telling you, I would like swear by it. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say. Of course, if you talk to Dan Becker, it's still better than everything else. Yeah. Well, Dan has a lot of opinions. Some great, some good. Some not good. (laughs) Come get some, Dan. Oh, man, that's great. I hope he actually listens to this so he can hear you calling him out. He's not going to listen. Well, man, we've been talking for about 40 minutes, and I know you are a little bit more on a time crunch than I am. So uh, anything else you want to talk about before we close things out? Uh, did you like doing a story time episode? It was kind of fun, man. It was kind yeah. of fun. Next time we need to get you to do a story. Yeah, man. I'm I'm planning on going on a trip pretty soon, so maybe we can hop on and share what happens. Yeah, man. That would be awesome. I would love I would love to hear a story. I'm hoping uh I'm I may join you guys on that Oil Creek trip. I don't know. I, I'm I'm you know, Josh threw out the uh, invite and said if I wanted to come I should. You should, so, man. I might fun. do that trip. I might do that trip instead of uh, – it's not looking like promising for the Arizona trip at this point. So I may end up having to put the Arizona trip on hold for a while. So you know, the rule for Oil Creek is it's potluck style, so you have to bring your favorite dish. You know what I'm probably going to do? No mountain I'm, house allowed. I am going to bring the thing that, J- that Jason Waugh himself said was the best – of that he had ever eaten in his life. You mean Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir? Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. I might make my homemade mashed potatoes with Do it, man. bacon and garlic and cream and butter. Yeah, I hope we get some snow. Oh, man. That'd be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Riding up with you guys and watching Jason freak out driving in the snow. That is <laughs> totally my idea of fun. <laughs> For sure, man. <laughs> Definitely. Dude, I, I think I think I may end up just doing that instead because, uh, yeah, I don't think the other trip's going to happen at this point. It, it it looked promising a couple months ago, but it's looking more and more like uh, it's probably not happening. So We can always make a good time, man. No. Oh. But the Oil Creek trip, I mean, I'm going to hike with some guys I've never gotten to go out with before, so that'll be fun. Yeah, and if you want, you can sleep in the shelters with all those guys that snore. Nope, I'm good. I like hammocks. They're nice. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I, I like hammocks an awful lot. So... <laughs> Well, either way, man, um, I think we're good on uh, – I think we need to get this out of here so you can go be the family man that you are. I know you're getting ready to make some dinner for your family. Yeah, I'm about so, to eat right now. Good, man. You do that, and uh, we'll get together again soon. I know we got another another live stream coming up here real soon. Yeah, I don't know when people are listening to this. It could be after the live streams. I don't know. So if it's before the live streams – Love you guys. Enjoy the live streams. If it's after, we'll see you in the next one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I know Ben McMillan is going to be our next live stream person. So uh, if you don't hear before that, then you're going to hear about Ben McMillan and Benny Braden. 
aka plug it in hikes so uh we got two really cool guests coming up on that live stream here soon yeah it'll be fun yeah great time absolutely well hey you have a good day my friend all right man i've had a pleasure talking to you talk to you soon all right buddy thanks so much for tuning in to the backpacking podcast we'll catch you on the next one adios